Hey, what's happening? Fun, quick solo episode. Today I'll be introducing two new segments that uh, I'm doing called Favorite Thing on the Road and Joke Bomb. And then I talk about a very serious topic. There was a murder uh, of an Algona, Iowa police officer by the name of Kevin Cram. He was uh, only 33 and leaves behind a son and a, and a wife. And I just kind of wanted to come up here and talk about my relationship with the police and how it's sort of changed within the last couple of years. If you listen to a previous op- episode, I had a police chief uh, on the pod. So, uh, you know, let's drop up. Enjoy. For just $5 a day, you can sponsor a comedian. Like <laughs> you, <can laughs> I'm looking for sponsors for my podcast, Peace Talk, and you can pick and choose if you want to do my Mondays or Thursdays, if you have a business you want me to read and add, any of those things, all the above, uh, I am more than willing to. And uh, I just want to, you know, let y'all know, like, it, it's open. It's open season. So uh, come get a part of this. Uh, you do get benefits, which is something that, uh, is important to some people. So I'll go ahead and list that off. You can get discount on my merchandise. You can actually get free merchandise, discounts on tickets and uh, more. So listen, uh, I do shout outs on social media. I do shout outs on the pod. Uh, hell, I'll, I'll, I'll be at a, I'll be at a show in front of hundreds of people and I'll shout out your business. So uh, looking for sponsors. Come on. Send me that. Send me that. Check. All right, so I have two weeks off. I had two weeks off, and I talked about it on the season premiere uh, depression talk where I was like, ooh, when I'm not performing, I, I feel uh, depressed. And, um, you know, me and my wife, we went to Arizona, and then I came back, didn't have a show, and I was like, I want to get back on stage. And then just based off of how my schedule's gone, no show for the next two weeks. And, uh, I, I mean, I, I feel a certain type of way about it, but I also feel like this is God's way of saying all right, let's let's hammer down on some things. Let's get organized. Let's you know figure some shit out. And so I am gracefully accepting these next fourteen days as a way for me to like get back on it. So uh, that that's what I'm at. That's where I'm at. And I just been doing a little reflecting on uh, my shows as of lately, uh, as well as this this year. It's been uh, one of my favorite one of my favorite things. I'm gonna call it my superpower. My my most recent superpower <laughs> is turning uh, lemons into lemonade. Like sometimes I walk into a show and it's pretty terrible. And 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 when I say that, I mean like from multiple angles. You know uh, the way it's set up, sound system, uh, size of crowd, um, lighting, like like a lot of technical things, right? And then sometimes like the show goes on and it's not that great as far as comics putting forth their best effort, setting up the room, setting up me, that kind of thing. So it's like, oh, this, I'm gonna have to work, right? So uh, so I've been thinking about all of that. And so I want to introduce a new segment called Joke Bomb. And I don't know if I really want to start sharing all of my material in here and start doing a comedy bit into the microphone as if there's a live studio audience. I remember when it was COVID happening and, and people were asking me to do Zoom shows. I ended up doing two Zoom shows. One of them was just a storytelling where it wasn't really a comical uh, 
show, but you know, you can make it comical. And then I did do one and I did very well. Actually, it was a lot of fun. And I got tipped like $25, which in COVID land, that's like you killing it. Okay. That's a couple G's. Okay. <laughs> when, when world shut down, you can't make any money anywhere else. You get $25 tip through, through Venmo, killing the game. So uh, here's, here's a joke that it kind of continues to bomb, if I can be honest with you. And there's elements to it, which that's what we'll probably do. We'll probably dig deep into why it's not working or why it works some places and not others. If I can tell you right now, it is definitely the delivery. Like, it's kind of a joke that I do. It's, it's So here's what I do sometimes. I take a bunch of little jokes, little one-liners, little bits, ideas, and I kind of mesh them together. So just think of like Play-Doh and just kind of ball it all up and try to make one joke where um, there are some funny parts. There are some things that really sort of work, but as a whole, it doesn't because ideally you tell a joke, you build, you know, you know, it's, it's a kind of a slow build. Then it's like a roller coaster. You get to the top, boom, you fall and, and you go loop-de-loops and, you know, you add tags on, and, and, and you do things to really build that laughter. Sometimes my jokes are like, okay, this part's funny. That part's not that funny. This part's not funny at all. Okay, that's hilarious. And so part of it is restructuring. But as of right now, I believe it's completely de- it's delivery. And it's almost like a lack of confidence. It's like, ooh, I don't, I don't think this joke is going to do well. And it doesn't really do well because I walk into it that way. But anyway, here's the joke. Uh, <laughs> it's called Big Black Johnson. And this joke comes from about five years ago. We uh, first got together, Black Irish Dreams, the black comedians in in Iowa. Shout out to my brothers. And we were kind of launching our first show. And it was at this terrible place and location. We had like six people show up. It was a really great show. (laughs) But the show and Black Irish Dreams kind of formed because I was traveling to Keokut, Iowa, doing the show with J.J. Jimmy Walker, which is where that joke comes from. And I was like, hey, I don't want to drive straight there and then straight back. Can I do a show in between stops? You know, that's kind of how you put runs together. And, you know, sometimes comics, no matter who they are, if they're white or if they're, you know, friends with this guy, they they just make room. Like, it can be a booked show like a fully booked show and they'd be like oh just come 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 jump on do a guest spot and we see that as black comedians in like the public formats like the the you know iowa comedian group or just facebook in general where someone's like hey i'm i'm traveling through can i hop on this can i jump on that and they sometimes move mountains to make it happen but then when you know it's me and i'll just keep it you know personal there was nothing there was like no this is not available. That's not happening. And uh, I believe this is a Friday show because my show was Saturday. So we were like, hey, let's just find a spot. Let's just put this show together. And and we did. Uh, <laughs> the idea of the joke is my son gets in trouble because I was listening to porn. It synced up to my uh, car radio when I got in the car to take him to school. And right over the speaker, very loudly, a lady yells out, Big Black Johnson. And my son asked me, what is it? So I lie to him. I say, it's the garbage cans that's on the corner, you know, like on on the street corner, those things that we put garbage in. And so on his way back from being dropped off on the school bus, every time he sees a garbage, he keeps yelling out Big Black Johnson, Big Black Johnson. And so 
uh, I get in trouble. The teacher calls me in and she's like, hey, Day, your son is, you know, saying this is inappropriate. I don't know where he gets it. And I'm like, I don't know where he gets it to take it out with his mom. She loves big black Johnsons. And so that's kind of the whole thing. And I just haven't figured out how to make it work because I said it like five years ago once. And then I kind of revisited it, I guess, this year to like try to figure out what bits um, will work or not work. And here's the problem when you're a comedian and you do it and you get a great response, like you get the laugh that you want. Sorry. Um, so I'm like, okay, this is, this is a keeper. (laughs) Like the next five times I do it, it bombs or it doesn't do as well. And I did it this past weekend and I was city. It was one of those things where, and it was a younger college crowd. I'm like, this is going to go well. I know it. Like if, if no one else gets it, they will. And they did not, they didn't, they did not like it. It was I'm also doing that thing on stage where I'm like, okay, I'm making notes, like like literally making notes. Like I'll say a joke, it works. I'm like, oh, this is a keeper. This is going to make it in the next album. Or nope, I'm going to scrap that, that kind of thing. And when I delivered it, it was like, oh, this is this is definitely uh, going to make the, the cutting room floor. So a question I get a lot is, how was the show? How did it go? Um, a lot more questions about the actual performance. And it inspired me to want to do a new segment where I share my favorite thing on a row, where I kind of give you a specific of a moment that like, sometimes you ever have this happen in life where it, you know, like you can't wait to tell somebody about it. And sometimes you don't forget, like you, you, you forget, uh, you don't get around to telling someone. So it's kind of a moment that just stays with you. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to start jotting them down and sharing them with you on the pod. So last weekend I had an opportunity to do four shows in, in, in two days, which is kind of what you want. Like when you work in a club, you do two shows on a Friday, two shows on a Saturday, but that wasn't the case. I had one show, a late show on a Friday night. Then I had two shows midday at an amusement park. Uh, my comedy brother, Dante Powell, uh, do shows with a magician, uh, by the name of Ben, uh, Yulene, who his one of one of his assistants has actually been on the pod, Amy Nichols, in like season three, I think season three or four. So you can go back and listen to that. And uh, we did two shows there at one p.m. and then four p.m. and then I got in a car and drove an hour and a half further to Iowa City and did a show in front of pretty much a college crowd. So the show at the amusement park was just an incredible time all around. I was brushing off the terrible set that I had the previous night, and we performed at 1 and 4. And the 1 o'clock had like 30 people, but they were just in it. Like, they were just in it to win. And then we performed again at 4 p.m., and by that time, more people are there, more people are drunk. The room is pretty full. I do a video. I do one of my crowd videos where I, you know, make some noise, and... It was just a, a great time to 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 be with my guys. Like when you perform with people that are really talented, they make you better, and it's almost like a respectable competition. We're working with Dante Powell, Bernard Bell, Cliff Anton, who's all been on the podcast. Those are my brothers. We started a company, Black Art Streams, yada yada yada. Um, it was just a fun time, but there was just some moments. One was riding a roller coaster with Dante Powell. He, <laughs> he used to be a bigger guy. He at surgery, lost a lot of weight. He looks great. And he mentioned it briefly. He was like, hey, 
I can roll I can ride roller coasters now. So let's go. And we rode a roller coaster and he actually got stuck in it. <laughs> but it had nothing to do with his weight or anything like that. It was like a malfunction <laughs> with the equipment, which can be a kind of scary thing, but it was just really cool to say, hey, we rode a roller coaster together. Another moment was just having black man conversation, you know, talking about our wives. And we 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 sat and ate at Cracker Barrel, which is not my favorite place to eat, but sometimes it doesn't really matter where you are. It's the company. So, you know, we were sharing biscuits and, you know, jelly and (laughs) like it was just it was like breaking bread with family and just the conversation was was really uh, was was really dope. It's really special. And uh, I say this a lot. I don't have like brothers like that, like blood brothers. And sometimes our dialogue can be everything it doesn't just it's not just limited to comedy so just that dialogue it was just me dante and bernard at cracker barrel and uh we were cracking each other up however my my favorite moment on the road comes from our four o'clock show where uh dante does a acts a black guy um or as acts a black comedian um segment at the end of uh his shows on the road i do a acts a comedian so Sometimes when I'm doing my like local show, uh, we'll conclude it. We'll do a ask the ask comedian like a Q and A, <laughs> and he does the same thing, but it's it's tailored more to being a black man or a black person. And we had some questions like, "Hey, what's your favorite movie?" Or yeah, you know, sometimes they're I'm not gonna say softball questions, but they're light questions. And then you get that one. And this one lady was like, why do y'all like menthol so much? And it was <laughs> like, trust me, it came from a place of love. Like it wasn't malicious, I don't think. But it was hilarious. It was funny. We all kind of ripped off of it. Um, and it was it was a really fun moment. And some of my favorite when I do shows is moments I cannot duplicate. And that was definitely one of them. Hey, it's me, Day Peace. I would love for you to come to a show. And that might not be possible. Like, I may be doing a show and it's not in your city or your state and you still want to listen to my comedy or watch my comedy. You can go on YouTube and watch my first comedy special, Peace of Mind. Or you can listen to one of my two or both of my comedy albums that are streaming on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, everywhere you listen to music. Uh I'm pretty hilarious, if I can be honest with you. And uh, I love putting out this work at this point in my career. And again, if you've never seen you, me live, just, you know, due to geography, uh, those are other ways that you can uh, listen to my comedy and let me know what you think. I want to talk about my relationship with police and just the general black man, police officer, not necessarily police brutality. I'm. I stand on. I'm not. A, I'm not a huge fan of of police officers in general, for the simple fact it is a. You know, I'm. I'm 38. My relationship with many police for most of my life have been negative, and you understand it's not all police, but when you are targeted, when your experiences are what you know. It's it's very hard to to kind of push that aside. But then you you get older, and my middle child, you know, 
I asked him the other day what he wants to be when he grows up, and and he said police, a police officer. And I remember being young and and wanting that same thing. And I want to say the idea of a police officer, I am a fan of. I I support it as a scary job, and I couldn't do it. You know, like to I me, mean, like to to put your life on the line for strangers, people that don't like you or respect you, the whole nine. That's a hard pill to swallow for me. Um, I got some family member. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't think I would do it. There was a police officer who who was murdered on September thirteenth, and uh, I was going like I don't know if I was going to even share his name. But uh, if you're listening to this, maybe you kind of want to go check it out and and learn a little bit more because I'm not going to read the whole uh, report or anything like that. But this asshole by the name of Kyle Ricky, age forty three, he had like a, a worn out. Uh, for harassment and I guess a domestic situation and the officer Kevin Cram responded he's only 33 years old and uh, he was shot and killed by this guy and it's it's moments like this that are so tragic and I feel like in the political world they use this as agendas right this is where the back the blue and you know blue lives matter for me it's just a person was killed doing their job that that didn't need to be killed. You know, there's a native lady who um, she she got hit by a police car, I believe. And there's a video of a cop laughing. It is all in the bucket of tragic. This is a tragedy. I wish we could just live in a world where we can push all the politics aside, the agendas aside, and we can just make it about this young man who was just doing his job. He was a 10 year veteran. Um, on the police department. Um, I don't know this man personally. There are some people on my timeline that, that did and they're raising money. And um, it's, it's, it's hard for me to share without really knowing this, this person's character. A lot of times when, when a black person is slain, they instantly try to find all of the things that make this person uh, a, a villain. And, we we don't do that for our our heroes, right? Our our quote unquote public, you know, defenders. And I just wish we wouldn't do it at all, no matter uh, what you look like, what your job title is. I just wish we can come together and be like, this fucking sucks. You know, it was, it was a white guy who who did it, and I say that because I, there, there's no real agenda here. You know, there's no real like. Um, this was a retaliation. It was. It, it really sounds like a cut and dry. I mean, there was even a report. When I say report, I mean a rumor that it was like a guy wanted to go out by, you know, police suicide or something like that. But the more I see it, it just seemed like, and it, dude, you know, was was cornered by the cop and he shot his way out. And I just wish we can get to a point where, and this kind of goes with that. It kind of reminds me of the movie Sound of Freedom that just came out this year with Jim Caviezel with the U.S. government agent that was on a mission to rescue kids from sex trafficking. And that's a that's a thing. It was based off of a, of a real life events. But that's a issue that we have in this country and, and quite frankly, in, in the world. And it fucking sucks. And it it's a tragedy once again. But I just remember watching things. Where like the extreme 
right wing and and you know they they were just making this like a you know a pro life save the children kind of campaign and it's hard to argue when that message itself I fuck with like I understand and I I, I agree like like leave our children alone you know what I mean but the the issue that I have is how selective we use these tools. So getting back to the officer who was slain, it's like I can see it kind of bubbling up where it should be the support of this individual and his family and his friends and his, you know, the community that he protected and not a just an attack on all police officers or, you know, you you better support our blue or you're you're the enemy. Again, I don't know how this is coming out to you, but to me, what I'm trying to say is all the tragedies that happen, some that directly affect you, that are in your backyard, um, that affect your family members, uh, that affect you personally, doesn't have to have an agenda behind it. I think it's very possible to explain that I have a complicated relationship with police officers, but I respect the fuck out of many of them. The ones that I've experienced personally, like my interaction, especially as a, you know, my later, you know, my later years, they've been a lot more positive where if I can try and navigate my boys and my daughter through life is to try to make sure we shine a light on everything, not just stay heavy on the good or the bad or the ugly, like everything, and again, allowing us to make up our own mind and our own decision. But I was just recently pulled over. I was speeding. I was with the kids, wife, three kids, wilding out. I'm in a minivan. I'm going 80 miles in a 70. And, uh, you know, we, we it was just like a day. And I, had, I, I, was, I, was, I was speeding. I hadn't put the, the crews on. We see the sheriff. Pulls us over. You know, I notice it. I get back on speed and, you know, we go through the thing and I'm just terrified. Absolutely terrified. And I'm, I'm, I'm shaken up, but, you know, we go through the whole process. He, he approaches my wife on the passenger side. She kind of does all the license and, and the insurance stuff. And I keep both hands on the wheel the entire time. And that's how I live my life. I was pulled over. Uh, I don't, I don't think I've ever shared this with anyone. I shared this with two people. But I was pulled over when I was in Arizona uh, just recently doing shows. And I knew I was going to get pulled over. Like, I get pulled over almost every time I go to Prescott, Arizona. (laughs) Fuck that place. (laughs) um, I was, like, I cried. Like, I I shared tears. He let me off with a warning. I was also let let off with a warning recently when I was speeding. Which, the speeding was my, my fault. Like, I get it. But in Prescott, you know, it was dark, by the way. I was coming back from, from the show that I did at, at the theater or whatever. He said I was, I touched the white line twice with my vehicle. Um, so I guess swerving, but not swerving. I don't think I was. Uh, but again, who am I to, you know, he saw what he saw. I I think it's very possible he was able to identify what shade was driving the car. But that's just me, like, looking into it. But I say that 
to just explain that there are great cops, there are not so great cops. I still feel how I feel, but damn it, does it fucking suck when we have someone that puts their life on the line killed for no reason. So uh, my heart goes out to this young man who, again, I don't know who he was as a person. I don't think that matters right now. I just know he was a husband. He's a father. He leaves them behind. He leaves his, his, his other fellow cops behind. And I just wish when these sad things happen, we don't make them, you know, a big thing about, you know, left and right and Democrat and Republican. Just this fucking sucks. And I wish it wouldn't happen. And uh, yeah, so those are just my thoughts. I don't know if you agree or disagree, but listen, uh, as much as I love talking about comedy, uh, I also the podcast is also designed for me to talk about the things that that matter or that affect me or that that I think are important to talk about. So uh, that's the episode. I will talk to you next Thursday. Peace.